Rio Hondo Prep Football is one of the best kept secrets in all of Southern California. As one of the smallest enrollments year in and year out, the CARES have won 14 CIF championships and have been one of the most successful programs throughout their history. Welcome to A Charge to Keep, the official podcast of Rio Hondo Prep Football. And now, bringing you the latest news and content from his alma mater, a CIF champion in 2001. From the class of 2003, here's your host, Matt Ursima. What's up, Rio Hondo Prep football fans? The summer is in full swing and the long wait is almost over. It is almost time to kick off another season of Rio Hondo Prep football here in 2023. August 19th cannot come soon enough. Recording this much earlier in the summer, but by the time this is out, the boys should uh, be pretty close to putting on the pads, at least starting up double sessions and uh, getting those fall practices in as we prepare for another great season of Rio Hondo prep football this is a special edition of the podcast today guys um something that i've wanted to do all spring really i i put it together uh in the summer at some point and uh it, it's just sometimes you get ideas and they don't always come come uh, out as you like but uh this one here I, I thought was very fitting for the start of a new season um 1973 was 50 years ago and that is a special year because that was the first CIF championship in real Hondo prep history. Back then, it was six-man football. And, um, you know, six-man's a lot different than eight-man. Eight-man's a lot different than 11-man. But back at the early days of Rio football, um, some humble beginnings, I'm sure. But uh, playing six-man football with a very small enrollment like Rio is always used to. Um, you know, some of the old film is is funny to look at and be like, wow, this is uh, this is old Rio football. But yeah, there it is. So a lot has changed since then. Uh, 1972, this, the, the guys went to the, the championship game, lost that game, and then came back the next year in 1973 and won the school's first championship. So today, in honor of the 50th anniversary of Rio's first CIF football championship, we are going to be joined by three members from that team. Uh, joining us today will be John Martin, uh, Jim Parker, and Charlie Parsons. Uh, I'm sure most of you out there recognize these names. And uh, it, it's a long time ago, 50 years ago. These guys were 17 years old, we'll say. Uh, I don't know how old that makes them, but uh, happy to have them aboard. And I appreciate them coming on here to talk about that special year. And, you know, Every every year at Rio, there seems to be an anniversary of something. Last year was the first, uh, the 20 year anniversary of our first 11 man season. Uh, me and my senior class. So I, I thought as we start uh, 19, uh, 2023, it was fitting. It was it would be special to kind of go back 50 years to celebrate and honor the 1973 championship team. They they got it all started for us. There would be no. Uh, 2023 without 1973 and, and all the years in between the the 80s the 90s the 2000s the 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 20-teens and now into the 2020s uh, has been great success for Rio football and there's been 14 CIF championship banners as well as a couple of runner-ups but 1973 specifically that was the school's first championship so I thought what better way to kick off the new season than to go back in time specifically 50 years to 1973 Coming off of a tough loss in 1972 in the championship game, 
the these this group of guys here who are representing that entire team. I couldn't get everyone on on here, but I, I thought I'd have a, a few of them on. These guys represented a group of, will represent a group of guys that bounced back, came back in 1973 to get Rio Hondo's first blue trophy. So let's bring them on right now, representing the class of 1973. Well, the championship team, I should say. 1973 CIF champions, Jim Parker, John Martin, and Charlie Parsons. All right. I, it is now my privilege to be joined by members of Rio Hondo's first CIF championship team back in 1973, 50 years ago. I am joined now by John Martin, Charlie Parsons, and Jim Parker. I want to say uh, welcome, guys, and say hello to each of you individually. How are you, Mr. John Martin? Doing fantastic. Thank you. And Charlie Parsons coming to us from uh, Wrightwood, I got to imagine. Uh, no, El Monte, but uh, doing well. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Off, retired off the mountain. Now. Retired off the mountain. Okay. Good to good to know. You were, you were a fixture up wow. there and for so many of us up there. Uh, and and Jim Parker, uh, a pleasure, sir, 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 to meet you. How, how are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Live up here in Reno, Nevada, and uh, we've lived here for 30 years. So my wife and I and our kids and grandkids. So, well, that is uh, great, to to great to hear, and it's great to meet you. I've never met you individually. I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, some recent news for you, Mr. John Martin. You have. Uh, a, a new grandson, just uh, a week or so old, right? Congratulations. Yeah, uh, thank you. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Ken... With a really, really cool name, Kenny Drain. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's fantastic. Named I mean, after Ken, his uh, grandfather. But goes by Kenny. So, yeah, we're pretty excited. That's that, great. That is wonderful news. Is um, that your first, John? That's my second. Second. Great. He's got an older sister. Okay, great. That's 18 great. months going on 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, guys, back around when you were around uh, 16, you guys played in the Rio Hondo's first championship game in uh, 1972. Uh, unfortunately, you guys uh, fell short that night. Um, uh, I'll ask you, uh, John, John Martin, uh, if you could take me through uh, kind of just your thoughts of that 72 game and coming up short. And then I'll ask each of you guys uh, also as well after, but John Martin. Wow. Um, well, I'll try to keep it short. I have two thoughts towards the end of the first half. I remember catching a pass and diving for the end zone and throwing the ball over the goal. What I thought was the goal line. And it got hit by two guys and, I remember him spotting the ball like three inches short and I uh, think the half ended. And we ended up scoring as many touchdowns as our opponent in that game, but we lost because they made every extra point and we didn't. And this was six man, so extra points were worth two. Wow. So um, those were kind of my <laughs> two <laughs> starkest recollections but that also then led to a little bit of the next year some of the things i think you'll get into but i'll let the others answer about their thoughts on that on that sure Char 
Charlie, what was it like, uh, 72, I mean, playing in the school's first championship game and uh, you guys fell a little short. I know it was 51 years ago, or uh, yeah, 51 years ago, but uh, you know, what could you tell me about that night? Well, uh, I played in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a junior at the time and uh, was playing JV ball. And I, I think our JV team was very successful in being prepared for the next year. But um, I can remember the game. I remember the name of the, their kicker, Dan Beaver, went on to play pro ball, as I recall, or at least college. He could play college ball as a kicker. He was good. Yeah, uh, tight good. game. Really tight game. That, that's about all I can remember about that. Tight game, and that that kicker uh, was a nail in the coffin for you guys. You know, being uh, being perfect. Jim, what can you tell me about that night, nineteen seventy two? Well, like Charlie, I was in the band. You know, we were JVs, and um, and so, uh, but I re I remember that, that game. I actually probably more so than I remember our championship game, quite frankly, um, just because again I was a spectator. And a rooter, and so you're watching every play, and and it just I remember the emotion of the game, and especially after the game, how devastated we were, and um, and I think I clearly it led the seniors or the juniors at the time to uh, kind of take a whole different approach, I think, to the next year, and I think that's that's kind of the uh, the start of why '73 ended up the way it did, probably. Yeah, it's so interesting. So many times I've talked to people who've said that, you know, you lost the championship game and they come back the next year, a couple of years later, even, and uh, just added motiv motivation uh, for sure. Uh, we'll go into 73 now. And, and before we kind of. I'll give you ahead, one John. other just quick flashbacks to seven, the year before. Mm -hmm. First was Steve Martin was our, you know, our tailback that, you know, there was no one person in the league that could get Steve once he had the ball. Um, which is, you know, we basically had, we had two plays. Uh, that's all we had the whole season, two plays. You either went left, you know, cross or straight. And then it was basically everybody scatter and get to a different part of the field. And they have to put a second guy on Steve or he'd run for a touchdown. And as soon as they, um, put a second guy on Steve, whoever he came off of, you know, Steve would throw on the ball and they try to go for a touchdown. So, the opponent was brethren and they were they were really pretty beastly they were very very large um had a couple really several really big guys that were very um strong and in addition to les piercy if you remember that name who was their quarterback and um they would play a very tight formation and basically just kind of ran it over us because we didn't have anybody at Jim Strzok, Ken Koopman, but not too many else. But my other my other remembrance of that whole year was Casey Clevenger because Casey was our middle linebacker. And Casey was maybe, you know, if I was 130, he might have been 140, 150. And he just made stop after stop after stop and i mean these are bruisers coming at him and it was kind of like everybody got taken out and it was one-on-one -on -one and casey and he just made stop after stop and the grit of casey clevenger through that season and through that game the fleetness of steve martin through that game and steve was you know he had to pass and he had a really bad shoulder i remember he was wearing special pads and 
I don't think he could lift his arm over his head, but he was still, you know, passing it and doing the thing. So that that team had a tremendous amount of grit, and I just really feel pretty privileged to get to play with those guys. Yeah, a special special yeah. group indeed. And Mr. Clevenger is a huge uh, Rio football fan. Mr. Martin is, you know, just walks around as a humble guy. But I've heard from you and others that he was just one of the best athletes, uh, you know, out there. I mean, uh, Jim, any, any nobody other thoughts? could stop. No one, no one person could stop him. No. <laughs> yeah. Jim, kind of like Jim the next year, you know, it's the, the same idea. Year, right? Just Jim took over for Steve who graduated and did the same thing. You know, he probably won't tell you on this, but Jim pretty much did the same thing next year. You know, it's just the whole play was everybody spread, give it to Jim. If they don't put two guys on him, he'll throw it to somebody. So anyway. Yeah. Steve yeah. was, Steve was an amazing athlete. No question about it. And so was Casey. So were all those guys. I mean, it was, it was fun to watch. Oh, definitely. Uh, let me ask you each about uh, the positions you guys played in 1973. Uh, Rio Hondo, you kind of you do everything, right? You you play offense, you play defense, you're in the band. You, I mean, you do it all. So, uh, Charlie, what what did you what, what positions were you playing in uh, 1973 to to kick off the season and throughout the year? Well, I was primarily a defensive player, and we're talking six man football. I don't know yeah. if anybody mentioned that, but it's like. That's uh, long gone and uh, hard to even remember, and people probably are familiar with that, but it was six-man football, so I played an outside uh, linebacker, cornerback kind of thing, uh, and Jim, I think, if I recall correctly, you were our safety, Yeah. And, um, and there was a guy named Steve Tuttle that played in the middle that was kind of the Dick Buckus of that era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a monster man. So it was defense. Primarily played a little bit of offense here and there, uh, filling in. So so if they got past all you guys, Jim, you were the last resort telling me you, you, you didn't lead the team in tackles or anything <laughs> back there, did you? No, <laughs> no. I, I had, I, you know, it's funny. Um, a lot of times we we even split the safeties depending depending on how it worked. And there were a couple other guys like Steve Hershey and a couple other guys who went back to even John. I think played safety some. Um, uh, again, you know, it was more about quickness, um, and that's why uh, you know when when they face brethren and and we faced Flintridge and Flintridge. Well, several of our schools that we faced in that year were, were big guys compared to us. I mean, if you looked at their lineups mm -hmm. and I don't remember, I went back and, and looked at a couple things from, from that year, but you know, they, they had guys listed at six, three, six, four on their, you know, as seniors on the teams that we played and our tallest guy, I think was six, one, right. Um, uh, which, you know, so we were, we were pretty small, but we were quick and, um, and so that's the advantage I think that we had from that standpoint. And just, I think our coaching was just that much better than everyone else's coaching. If you really come down to it, I don't know that our talent pool was any better than anyone else's by any means, but I think, I think, you know, the coaching and, and, and so forth, it went through, but yeah, I played well, a little Jim, safety. You, you ironically just summed up uh, the, the, the last 50 years of real Hondo football, honestly, you know, undersized guys, really well coached uh, quickness to your advantage, you know, be, be quicker. And so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much not much has changed 
uh, in 50 years. Real Hondo, usually undersized and uh, and out coaching people, right, John? I would totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> and and what position uh, did, did you play? You said uh, wide receiver and a little bit of defense also? Yeah, I remember I played wide receiver mostly, a little halfback, but mostly wide receiver. And again, it was the same idea, get the ball to the gym. He just kind of took over for Steve. Uh, get the ball to the gym, everybody spread. Um, we had Steve Hershey is, you know, just this phenomenal halfback, and you get it to Steve Hershey, and there's nothing anybody could do, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's so fast and so quick. Um, Eric Martin was uh, just a remarkable receiver just could kind of drag in anything so um and then on defense um you know along with charlie and we mentioned steve tuttle he really was a dip, dick buckus he just he just lived his life to tackle opponents <laughs> and it was like whatever you did you didn't get with it close to him or you're gonna get killed and and I remember Jay Lindemann, yeah. uh, kind of a key spot on defense and doing really, really well for us he on defense. Tough. And there's a very famous picture of Jay making this tackle. But right before he did, he had to push his glasses up so he could see the guy. Remember that picture? <laughs> Just it's classic picture. I think it made it in the lineup some <laughs> following year, you know. But he was a, he was a solid, another solid defensive player. Uh, couple other guys i remember yeah mike, mike rack, rack was tough mike roger mcnichols, roger McNichols he, he i remember good, tough right they were yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a solid group pretty much all around um so yeah those are some of my quick remembrances jim jim if you could paint a picture for us because six man football i mean we all kind of know eight man but six man i mean it's literally half the guys that you see now in 11 man i mean was it like a center and then a shotgun and then maybe a back or two and then a guy split. I mean, it had to, if we looked at it now, it had to probably look pretty weird. If you could paint a picture for us. Yeah. Well, it's literally three men on the line. You have a center and two split ends. Usually you could, you could bring it in and be a tight formation, but, but most of the time we played spread out. We, we played two spread ends. Uh, we might off balance it, but, but usually it's a center and then two split ends. And then you had, three people in the backfield. Generally, you call them a halfback who caught the ball from center. Um, they pitch it back to the tailback. And then the tailback, there had to be a lateral before the tailback could run. So whether it was Steve Martin or myself or, you know, John Martin played hack, Charlie played back there. So, I mean, we, you know, we, people trade it off, but that's, that's the beauty is, is whoever got the ball off the uh, lateral, you know, and a lot of times we just gave it to Steve Hershey just to run. I mean, because he was so fast and quick and and so forth. So I was not the fastest guy. In fact, you know, probably of the team, I was probably one of the slower guys on the team. But uh, the advantage the advantage I had is I could throw it and I could at least once I had the ball, you know, because they had to stay back because I could throw you know, it gave me some extra yards to run. And so I would from time to time, but, but um, you know, I was probably the least of the runners. I was, I was more of a thrower than I was a runner, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, that's how it's set up. So you usually had two kind of halfbacks and depending on, you know, whether we were going to go in motion and in those kinds of things, 
um, but then the lateral. And sometimes we do a sweep around and in. Sometimes you'd run it up the gut and split the. Sometimes you know you'd fake it um, and then and then throw it. So you know, but it was a wide open game. If you think about six guys on the width of a field, um, even though the field was a little smaller, it wasn't. It yeah, it was, little, it was eighty instead of a hundred. Yeah, forty instead of fifty wide. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and when you're running wind sprints, you have no idea that it's smaller. But but I don't. <laughs> but, uh, and Mr. Dowd made us do a lot of those. The six guys to to defend and to to play offense. That's a lot of running that you do. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Charlie. So we Charlie, does it does it sound as exhaust? Was it as exhausting as it sounds out there just running around chasing people? I mean, all this open space. Uh, it- Wide, wide open game. Uh, another advantage Jim had is he had some savvy. He could he understood where everybody was on the field and could see those things. But yeah, definitely had to be in shape. We did do a lot of uh, preparation in terms of uh, sprints and, and conditioning. And that was a big part of even uh, uh, preseason, being up in the mountains running. I mean, it was... Pretty intense. Remember, we had to, you can't do it now, but Mr. Dad would have us start down at the mess hall and we had to run up to the second road, straight up the yep. dirt. I mean, that's not environmentally friendly. You can't do that anymore. But, and then those, those runs down, I think it was like run down to Wrightwood and Wrightwood and it was all great going down. And then you turned around and it was just brutal coming back. But yeah, Mr. Dad ran us. He ran us a lot. Well, well, <laughs> and you know, guys. Oh, I'm gonna say, you know, especially like Steve Hershey, Jim, here, who played both ways a lot. It's a lot of running during the game, and they just rarely came off the field, you know. And I think Charlie and I sometimes, I got a break on defense. Charlie got a break on offense, but Jim and Steve and a couple of the other guys, they were just going at it all the wow. time but i think we were better conditioned than most of the other teams as well uh, again yeah talking about uh 50 years of real football that that was usually the case and uh it's good to hear from the the foundation of it all that not much has changed in that regard you mentioned mr dowd uh, uh you know if you could talk to me about uh coach dowd what what he was like we'll start with jim i mean uh i, I we all knew mr dowd or uh, we did later in life he was done coaching but uh, I've heard some good stories about him, his approach to things. You guys kind of touched on it there. Jim, what do you got on uh, Coach Dowd back then? You know, probably I look back, other than Mr. Hampton himself, probably Mr. Dowd had uh, the most profound uh, influence on my life um, just growing up. And, uh, uh you know, he's like a second father in a lot of ways. I'm I'm a little emotional about it. He he just was just a great great man to me. Um, I, he had no sympathy though um, <laughs> for for any excuse. No matter, it didn't matter. You had a broken foot, a broken hand. You were running the horse trail twice a day. You were doing this. You were doing that. And you know, when when you're dead and gone, you can then cry about your wounds and your hurting, you know, parts of your body. But until then, you know, there were no excuses. And I and I I really think that's what 
it, you know, it was in the preseason, all in the prep, all in the running, all in the getting together as a team and committing to winning that CIF championship. I don't think there was anyone on that team that went into the senior year or into that year that didn't believe we'd go undefeated, that didn't believe we'd win. And that that has to do with Mr. Dowd um, and the focus he he put into us because you practiced and practiced and practiced and conditioned and conditioned until it was in your genes. I mean, you know, that's how I felt about it. So um, as much as, you know, at the time as a 16-year-old or whatever it was, you, you didn't like it, you did it and it ended up in the results. And I know that, you know, whether it's Mr. Johnson, Mr. Warwick, Mr. Drain, my brother, Joe, uh, you know, I mean, they all took that same philosophy into their coaching, you know, at the high school level there at Rio Hondo. And I think that that makes a huge difference, right? Is that discipline. Yeah. Yeah. John, you, you've been around the program a long time and, and seen a lot of football over the years and, and the coaches. I mean, do you think the coaches have done a good job really in following in the footsteps of someone like Mr. Dowd? Oh, absolutely. And honestly, the game today is way more strategic, complicated than when we played. Like I said, you know, we had two plays, right? I mean, it was like <laughs> yeah. P1 or P6. I mean, I think that was it. P1, P6, you know, we didn't, you didn't even have to huddle, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, and now it's way more, and that's obviously where you know, Mr. Johnson built on Mr. Dowd and then, you know, Ken and all the rest of them now. And now they have a coach for every position or all, you know, all these different <laughs> coaches and all these really football gurus out there working as a group. It's a pretty good group they have today because it's a nice club. Um, my other remembrance Mr. Dowd, besides obviously the demonstration of just the most devout Christian person you could ever hope to be under, was he had a sense of humor, unfortunately, <laughs> and he used it on us. And I can just remember you're dead tired. It's one of those nights and you're about, you're just about ready to flop on the field and forget about going home. And he'd come up and he'd say, okay, we're going to do these wind sprints. And then he'd say, oh, so I'm going to kick this football. And if I kick it through the goalpost, you don't have to run. <laughs> do you remember those guys? Yeah, remember I do. Remember all those kicks? It was like, I I'm do. praying as hard as I've ever prayed. <laughs> or help him make it. Help him to make it. Because if he doesn't make it, I don't think I'm going to make it. Anyway, he had a sense of humor, you know. Mm -hmm. But obviously, like Jim expressed, you know, we were very we were very fortunate to be under his Christian guidance and his example. And still yeah. to this day, the way he lives, you know? Yeah. What an example for sure. Charlie, what what are your thoughts on uh, Coach Dowd and the man, the man, Mike Dowd, just, uh, you know, the early leader of Rio Hondo football? Uh, we had a, I don't know if the other guys heard about, heard this, but I always thought of him as a big man with a big heart. Mm -hmm. He's a big guy with a big heart. I do remember the, kicking through the goalposts and I think he only made it once. Made this kick. It was amazing. And everybody's yeah run off the field and didn't have to run tonight. Now why did why did he get to say again? Go ahead Charlie sorry. Oh I just remember that night and 
yeah, I, I worked under him at, at up in the mountains too. Mm -hmm. um, big man with a big heart. Leave it at that. Oh man. Well, very well said. I hope he gets to, uh, you know, give us a listen and yeah, he, he's, uh, he, he was like our leader when we were in high school. Like he, he, he was Mr. Wingate park for the longest time, which is where I grew up with care and everything. And there's Mr. Dowd in the office, not knowing he was this football coach and, you know, larger than life guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to, it's good to hear that not a, a ton of things, uh, have changed. So I was actually, I've looked for like six man football footage for a long time. I stumbled across one. Uh, it, it was from 1972 though, but it's a game that was played at care field. I'm going to see if I can pull this up for you guys. Let me see. 1972 ambassador Christian at uh Rio Hondo. I don't know why it is uh black and white guys, but let me see. All right, here we go. Can you guys see this? see here okay here's an extra point it looks like yeah two linemen John. oh John. roughing the kicker oh man <laughs> <laughs> this is a trip what number was Clay is hershey hershey 32 yeah that's why i remember it am i right well, in '73, but I, is you said this is '72. This is '72, yeah, according to the uh, the internet here. There's Casey Clevenger, number what, ten. What number like. was Jim Struck back then? Yeah, thirty-two might have been Jim that year. I think you're right, Jim. Right, right. Might okay. have been Jim Struck. Yeah. I mean, he was a he was a big boy. Thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah. Ten is Chris, I bet. Yeah, Chris Horton. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Thirty-three is Steve Martin. Yep. Right. Get him. It's just, yeah. it's so interesting. It's six man football and they, they kind of run this tight little set running back play. Oh, good hit there. Oh, they were huge. Ambassador was probably the biggest team we've ever, I've yeah, ever played. Yeah, they, they were big boys. They didn't boards. have anybody. Uh, they were, they were huge. They were big boys in 73 too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of this uh, open space. Yeah, we'll try it. to find some, uh, let me see, some real Hondo offense here. But uh, yeah, there's the old, the old bank there at the care field. What is this? Okay. So hike back, pitch oh, yeah. it. So this yeah, is six man Steve. football, huh? Yeah. <laughs> at least we have face masks. And he, <laughs> and even though he's 20 yards past the line of scrimmage, he, all he had to do was fake and most people would go for it. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you said that too, John, you said he was always pump fake it. And what are these ads we got here? Oh uh, yeah, that was my claim to fame. There's another and the one pass I threw my entire life. Yeah, it's like a ten yard snap on the extra. <laughs> wow, That's an extra point. Who was the kicker in for us in in seventy two? Jim Strack. Oh, that's right. It was Jim. Yeah, I remember that. Anyway, if you guys ever want to watch this, it's on YouTube, just ACHS Rio Hondo game. And uh, it's about 24 minutes. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I watched some footage of it. Everyone was eligible, right? All eligible receivers? Oh, yes. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> eligible once, once. Yeah, it, it had, again, it, yeah. The only, the only way you could run it, though, is if you lateral it. 
Oh, okay. So you can go direct snap, quarterback sneak or something. Got to have a pitch. I want to find some offensive plays on the old real Hondo offense here. Let's see. It's like all defense, although it might be like their, their highlight film or something. <laughs> but there's, I've never seen any footage of the 72 or 73 championship game. We, we got footage of pretty much every other championship game out there. Well, I'm sure go. someone took film. I, I don't know whatever happened to it, whether, you know. There was your pump. Who date. was it? Wasn't it Mr. Phillip or who, who used to do some filming of our games when we were, remember they, they, someone sat there and filmed in the back a lot of times. I want to say it was Mr. Phillip, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know who it was. Or Mr. Francis. I don't know. Saw a shot of the band there in the end zone, guys. Kind of the band members just hanging out, getting ready for a halftime show, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> anyway. I thought I'd uh, pull this up and <laughs> give you guys uh, huh. some thought. You guys are talking about um, uh, some of your teammates. Um, if you would, uh, Charlie, who are some from that senior? That was your senior year, right? Who who else was on that in that senior class, which would have been 1974, I guess. But Charlie, who else were the seniors on that class? Uh, John Hill. <laughs> no, I know I, I keep coming back to Steve Tuttle. Because he was kind of the catalyst, especially the defense. He also um, was our kicker that year. Tuttle was, and I remember John being the holder, and um, uh, Tom Fowler, also a senior, was the center. And yep. they'd go out and practice every lunch period, and just determined to put that ball through the post for the extra points consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, other seniors, John, I don't know. Um, well, Jay Lindeman, like who we mentioned. Lindeman was a Lindeman was a senior, and Lindeman and Tuttle and I both lived in all lived in Monrovia, so we were kind of the Monrovia gang up there. Who else? Oh, John? Think, I'm trying well, to think. Uh, Oscar, Oscar. Oh yeah, Oscar, Oscar Alvin. Yeah, I could I couldn't remember his last name. I remember his first, but um, let's see. Rick Dunia was a junior. I yeah, Rick junior. was in the same. Mike Brack, myself. Uh, was Mike Story? Wasn't he's Campbell. a junior? But I think was Mike on the team. Mike Story came up for the playoffs, I think. Yeah, Ben Simonson was a senior that year, but Ben, I'm trying to remember if he made it. I don't. He may not have made it into Rio until. I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he was football. at Rio that in his senior <laughs> yeah. year. I don't know what. Right. Yeah. Um. That was probably yeah. The so senior. let's see. So I think there was like six six of us or something. Yeah, yeah, there's price. Uh, uh, I want to ask you guys specifically about the 73 championship game. Um, who you played? I, I don't know if you remember the score or whatever, but uh, Jim, did you guys say you 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 went undefeated that year, or or I can't remember? Yeah, we wow. were undefeated. Yeah, I think we played Flint Ridge, right? Yep. For the scene, yeah. For the we, I think we played three playoff games to get there, and Flint Ridge was in. So I, 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 if I remember right, it was us and Flint Ridge that got into the playoffs from our league, the prep league. Um, but everyone in the prep league, because Pacific was in it, uh, Polly, Flint Ridge, I don't remember all the teams. Uh, but anyway, Flint Ridge, we, we beat them in the, at the end of the regular season. 
Then they made it into the playoffs. We made it in the playoffs. And then was it a, was it the playoff game, the the championship game that was wet and muddy, or was it the? Do you remember, guys? <laughs> I, remember. I remember. I thought it was a championship game, but maybe it wasn't the championship game. Maybe it was a championship game. It was a Flintridge game. It's just I can't remember whether it was the championship game that we won, or the the game between us at the end of the season that was. But I just remember it was the muddiest game we. I, I mean, I've ever played. It was just a mud ball. That's uh, fun. I just don't remember which game it was. Um, it was against Flintridge, but I don't remember which one. Uh, John, John, what was it like hoisting that blue trophy that night, 1973, 50? <laughs> well, 50 that was like ago. one of the most special times. Uh, I will say that was probably one of the highest um, emotional special times in my life through that age. There's been a couple others that have obviously surpassed that. Of course. <laughs> Getting older. But especially after the loss the year before, uh, and as Charlie kind of pointed out, you know, we lost the year before on kicking. And I remember Tom Fowler and Steve Tuttle and I kind of made a pact that we weren't going to lose the next year on kicking. And somehow we started on the summer trip, just going out wherever we were, and Tom would hike and I'd hold and Steve would kick, even if we didn't have anything to kick at. And I can remember we'd eat our lunch at snack and every lunch we'd spend all of lunch. Tom would just keep snapping and I'd just keep holding and Steve would just keep kicking because we were determined we were not going to lose another game on kicking. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that we even needed the kicking to win those games because of like, you know, some of the things that Jim expressed and, you know, some of the, I don't think it, we needed it that year, but that was just after being part of the lost year before we were just determined we were not going to lose this on kicking. And uh, Steve Tuttle would just, he had his, I think he had his own kicking style. You know, I think it was similar to what you do today, but I think it was his own style, but he just practiced and practiced and practiced. So again, well, all um, about... back to the old deep Rio philosophies, back to, you know, you win it on grit, you rent, you win it on practice, you win it in on, uh, and obviously, you know, we were praying a lot through all of that. Yeah. And it's hard to, hard to understand walking away the year before what happened, but you know, God's got his plan in his own time. And maybe that was a lesson we needed to learn that, you know, that's the highest level we'd ever been as a school getting that. And so um, that we obviously were very, very sensitive to that and trying to be very prayerful of the whole situation. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that so many times in life, especially for me, like I've learned that, you know, in prayer, you pray and, and you want things to work out. But if if you win all the time, you know, you, you, you don't, you won't appreciate the wins unless you have some losses in there. And I think that's the lesson is just like, you can try your hardest and maybe it wasn't hard enough. And anyway, it's just, um, losses aren't always awful. Although in the moment they are, no one wants to hear that. Uh, Charlie raising the, raising the trophy there in 1973, you've gone on to do great things with Mount care and help so many kids up there and 
just uh, had a lot of great memories. But I mean, 1973, 50 years ago, raising that trophy, what was that like for you? Uh, it was it was a good thing. I don't think it was everything, but it was a good thing. Um, and there's so much of um, the things that went behind it that meant a lot. Um, and looking back on it now, I mean, it was maybe uh, such that we, you could even say that uh, there is life after high school football. Yeah. Um, so it's just not everything, but it's a big thing when you're 17 years old. Mm. And, uh, so I would caution players not to let it be such a big thing that you can't, um, function in other parts of your life. So yeah. just trying to tone it down a little bit, but it was a great thing, but it wasn't everything. Yeah, no, there's so many more things out there. I think it's nice to have a goal and pursue something that you're only going to do a short time on this earth. And here we are talking about it, you know. 50 years later, I want to ask each of you guys individually, uh, kind of piggybacking on that life after high school and kind of where you guys went with your careers or, and, and if you saw like your experiences with real Hondo football, if that carried into, you know, adulthood and life and family and everything, cause it seems to be that way with so many people I talked to, uh, Jim, after high school, what'd you get it? Take us through high school into uh, kind of where you're at now. Well, for me, um, you know, raising the trophy, I guess, if you will, um, you know, it, it was a great thing. But the best thing for for me through that process, like I say, was the character building. I, I rely on that character building, those times of running sprints, the times of, of our, our team meetings, the time of our prayers, the time. I mean, I still can, I can see that more than I can even replay anything in a game. I, 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 I really don't have a memory of any real game time footage in my brain, but I have tons of memory of running sprints and sitting as a team together in the locker room or, you know, on the field and, and the times that we talk and the times that we would pray and the, and the times we were at camps. And so the character building is what, and even when I had my own kids, I mean, you know, when they want to quit, when they want to, you know, hey, it's too hard, that kind of thing. I mean, all those memories come flooding back of the character building that, that you know, our coaches did for us, right? That's what that was about and the camaraderie of the team. Um, so for me, um, uh, probably, I think it was 83, 84, uh, I left Care Youth League um, to uh, pursue some business um, goals and things that I had, and, and and I just really felt God was calling me into uh, to doing some business to where ultimately, um, you know, I could I could go out into uh, the business world and and make an impact and and use the things that God had given me to my talents, and so. Uh, and that's kind of, I, I spent 40, 45 years in real estate development, um, developing and building and doing things. And, and uh, I wish I could say it was all God led, but, uh, you know, uh, Satan has a way of, of uh, attacking. And he did for me for many years. I kind of wandered in, in the desert, if you will. But uh, God brought me back, uh, thankfully, and, and uh, the last uh you know, 15 years have been very productive in the sense of uh, just surrendering to what God's will is and 
And um, like I say, I have three beautiful children and, and their families, and I have six grandkids. And and God's been just overly off the top blessing um, in every way in my life and uh, um, only glory to him. So God's been good to me. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, yeah, man, I, great stuff. Grandkids, I heard is a wonderful thing. So I'm glad you guys are enjoying that. Uh, speaking of grandkids, John just had your second. And um, I know a lot of people know you at Care Youth League. You, you went and became one of the, uh, I don't know, the higher ups up there. But take us through your journey after high school to, to now. <laughs> uh, well, you know, went into Archelay and um, I uh, say that, you know, I started coaching junior high and the next year in Arch play, they had me coaching. Remember the old K-A-L-A, yep. K-A-L-A league, which was a year b- before junior high. And the next year was like fifth grade and the next year was fourth grade. And uh, I, my claim to fame is I successfully worked my way down the coaching ranks to the <laughs> kindergartners where I coached for 20 years. So um, that's kind of my claim to fame. Um not many people can say that. Um, um, and then when, you know, there wasn't any division lower that you could go, they put me over it, you know, asked me to work on leading the team to start the Pearl Preparatory School. And it was really mm-hmm. fortunate, the amazing people that we had and how God worked miracles there, you know. And it just shows like the organization made a commitment and said, okay, we're going to start on this and you lead up a team and go do it. And within a few months that Lutheran school opened up for us and we could make a deal to start there and finding something like that is just obviously totally miraculous. And God just did that. Um, And then, um, you know, a few years into, in the Pearl, transitioned over to the care they wanted an executive director so asked me to kind of take over that and there I get to work with all these amazing directors at care youth league so that was a that was a a real blessing and probably the only thing further down the ranks than coaching D's would probably have been executive director at care youth league right so I used to say we have a really flat administration and I'm underneath it and that's really true because everything, you know, everything at care is upside down or the inverse of the way it normally works. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was really true. Uh, and but it was quite a joy. I would relate our experiences. Charlie will remember our senior gift and all the many, many hours we spent on the brick walls there at the front of the school. Going down into the pits out in Irwindale to get bricks and bringing them back and cleaning them and that dad that helped us lay those brick walls and just that experience i would say was god's leading because you know further on in my life the bricks became a little bigger and we're working on cyber center and eventually care park and you talk about experiences and defeats you know the 72 year and you look back on, you know, you pick yourself up, you keep going. I think, you know, it took us 14 years to open Care Park. And so, you know, 72 was just a warm up for all the issues that we would have to face dealing with the Army Corps and 
city of Irwindale and Caltrans and 12 different LA County departments. And Jim can understand what I'm talking about probably better than anybody else. But, you know, it was again, God leading, um, just one little miracle after another happening right when he needed it and wanted it. And uh, so, um, yeah, I've just, I've really had a very uh, gracious ride and um, just very thankful for care, obviously, for Rio, for the tremendous people that God put to be my leaders that did that. And obviously, all glory to him. So that's it's a pretty simple story. Just working my way down. <laughs> working your way down. <laughs> Principal, Principal of Pearl Prep to Executive Director of Care. No, there's been uh, great leadership through you, uh, Mr. Martin. And um yeah, it cares in a great place. Adversity, character building to what you said, Jim. I mean, football really, you know, paves the way for a lot of a lot of uh, daily lives later on that we don't know about. Uh, Charlie, the mountain man, the uh, Mr. Mr. Mount Care, the nicest human alive as I would go up as a kid and you singing songs <laughs> by the fire. Um, camp camp was always as nice and clean as could be. I mean, uh, lessons from real football kind of helped you in into that career and beyond all those years? Sure. Um, I remember uh, during high school and being on the uh, varsity football team that it was very service oriented in many ways. Um, I'm not sure it was a requirement or a lot of us did what was called assistant coaching at the time with kids. So to get out there and uh, work with them in sports. Um, and then also, I, I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm sure you do, actually. Saturday morning, we come after the football game, come early in the morning, 7, 7. I think it was a 7.15 start time, and you better be there. But it was all about prepping the field at that time. And so there was this emphasis or kind of a, yeah, a theme of serving others. So. Yep. That was pretty impactful. Uh, some of it seemed forced at times, and um, that may or may not have been true for some, but it was really a matter of the heart whether that took root and grew. And so um, it did for many. And that uh, was a big part of uh, the outlook that I had anyway. And then I uh, was at Cal Poly Pomona in some of my early college years, sat under a man named John Scalinos, who was a, a baseball coach. So mm -hmm. people may be familiar with him. If, if you're not, he was a great man. And uh, he kind of shaped how I thought about athletics and how it is impactful and influential in people's lives rather than just playing a game or whatever. He had so many uh, things that he would say that stuck. Um, so that was an influence. I ended up uh, moving up to Wrightwood in 1980, I believe. Yeah. And was there till just a few years ago. Um, that's a whole big story with uh, development, as John had talked about, uh, the, the multitudes of paperwork and red tape that you have to jump through, right, Jim? Uh, in order to develop, to develop, especially on federal land. So both Mount Care is on federal land and so is Care Park. It's on 
Army Corps versus uh, United States Forest Service. So involved with a lot of the uh, development and, and the hoops that you have to jump through. Anyway, as we all have expressed, God as creator brought those things about. And uh, you feel really um, privileged to be a part of it. So. I'd like to tell the Charlie story that Charlie didn't, if it's okay, Matt. Yes, yes. So, you know, my fond re remembrances of Mount Care as a high school guy was the outhouse down at the bottom of the upper camp. And, you know, and I tell this story, I tell it over and over. It's just my, the, you say, Mount Care, what do you remember? Well, I remember my salvation at Mount Care. But next to that, I remember that outhouse. And I remember that, the spring on that door going, quack, 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 quack. Every time somebody used it, especially in the middle of the night when you're right up the hill. And, you know, when we took over the lower camp from the Bluebirds, uh, we thought we were living at the Hilton because they had A-frames, open A-frames. Still had outhouses that went whack, 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 but open A-frames. And you fast forward to the Charlie Parsons era, obviously a little bit of pre-work done with the Dowds and Jim Davis, but mostly on Charlie's watch and God using Charlie miraculously how he did. He got his contractor's license. And now you have you fast forward and you have etched glass on the windows going into the lodge and you have a two story lodge with a game room and you have these cabins which, oh, my, have flush toilets <laughs> and wait for it. Showers. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, so it's not. You know, it went from camping to framping a little bit on Charlie's watch and what he's done. And then just the things you don't realize, like the water system and all that Charlie went through. And you talk about grit and how many years, Charlie, did you work on getting that well in there and finding the right spot? And we thought we had were hitting a dry well for so many times. And Charlie, just like 72, just kept at it, kept talking to people. God kept leading them. Now we have these huge tanks up the hill that store water and gravity brings it down. And it's just, you know, one miraculous story after another family camps now at Mount Care. And obviously Bill's picking up from a tremendous legacy under from Charlie and all the many blessings that God showered on all of us through Charlie and through his will. But um it's it's a really pretty phenomenal story and he wasn't going to give it to you so i thought maybe i should <laughs> yeah yeah Round that is great. a special place thanks for sharing absolutely great, no god is, uh, god is good and uh god's he's good. been in the camp's been in great hands uh i gotta thank each of you guys for doing this finally as we wrap it up just it's been 50 years i mean it was just a a, a night in a, in the fall you know when you're a high school guy and you guys have gone on to uh, families and grandkids and great careers and even some retirements. But if you could, each of you talk about, I don't know what, what, what it feels like 50 years ago to win real Hondo's first CIF championship, Jim, I'll start with you. What, I mean, 50 years ago, our 50 years of, uh, anniversary, here we are 1973 to 2023. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a great thing. I'm, 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 I'm glad and proud to be part of it. I mean, in the sense of, 
I mean, I would have never even known it was the 50th anniversary had you not called and, and scheduled this thing. It would never even have probably entered my mind, um, though I, I, I love the idea. In fact, I'm I'm thinking I want to come down to watch some games this year just, you know, because of that reason. Right. I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, as I get the opportunity, um, I still work. I I. I uh, manage a non-profit, a faith-based nonprofit now. Um, so uh, I, I don't think retirement's ever ahead of for me and because they're <laughs> just not part of who I am and what my life is about. But um, but I love the idea that uh, I'm glad that Rio Hondo Prep won uh, CIF, but one of many, obviously now it's, I think it's the winningest school in California history, isn't it? Now, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I thought I heard that at one time. You guys have more CIF championships than than any other school, maybe in football, or I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, <laughs> we're but, up um, there. We're up there for sure. But uh, it's great, and and of course, you know, I still my my brother's there, and and my family's been there, and and so I, I there's nothing I love more than Care Youth League, and and uh, and what it 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 provides for the children. Uh, giving them an opportunity to do a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and uh, like, like John camp means everything to me. That's where I came to my salvation. I don't care. And, uh, and I'm for, for making that a place that, that God can call home for care. Youth. So. Uh, Absolutely. Anyway, that's and my memories and charlie charlie uh, as you mentioned earlier there's a lot bigger things more important things than high school football but your experience with coach kalinos kind of maybe uh showed you that yeah athletics can be a good thing and, and really build character for for future uh 50 years ago cif championship the first one in rio's history um you've gone on to again bigger and better things but i, I don't know what's the lasting memory for you in 1973 well i think these guys have summed it up really well. Um, I can't add much. Uh, Coach Scalinas would, would say, you know, if you are really trying to win, either the best comes out of you or the worst comes out of you. So um, love what's sitting right behind you, um, Matthew's charge to keep, uh, which is – yeah, the song the song we'd sing at the end of the games. Yeah, God to glorify. So that that's that's the anchor right there. It is. Yeah, it doesn't uh, it doesn't change. And yeah, those words are very powerful. John John Martin to sum us all up. Fifty uh, year anniversary of Real's first <laughs> first CIF well, championship team. Uh, I will say, it's something that deep in my heart, I always get to keep with me. And, and um, I will, not as not at the same high level, but in its own level, it's always there. You know, God did something for you that was real. And I would liken it to what I would say to some people who may be struggling at times that God's faithfulness to us, whether we deserve it or not, which we don't, is very similar to that experience of you can always have it with you. And no matter where you are today, no matter what has happened or what you've done, I think through all my life and all, all the blunders, 
I know that I always have a CIF championship with me, but I also know that I always have God with me and that faithfulness. And I think uh, in, in some way and the way God worked and the way everything transpired, it was just kind of a reminder to me that at the end of the day, faith is faith. And we're saved by faith, and God did it for us through Jesus, and we can keep that in our heart through everything. So it was a little microcosm of that experience that I always get to keep with me. And I'm very appreciative, um, obviously, and thankful for that experience. I think that's a perfect way to wrap things up. Thank you guys so much. Hey, 50 years later, you got lifelong friends. You guys, I'm sure, you know, it seems like still great friends and could talk about anything. This has been a blast. And I think it's something that uh, parents and of current players can look at and be like, hey, our young men are are in good hands for the program and, you know, hopefully have these same relationships that, that uh, you guys have. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank Congratulations, you. guys. You're 1973 CIF champions. Bye, guys. Well, you know, you talk about the great men who have gone through Real Hondo football. There was uh, three of them right there, some uh, incredibly God-fearing men and, and men that are just leaders in their industry, have had great lives and are now, uh, you know, living, not necessarily retired, but just enjoying uh, the fruits of their labor, if you will. So uh, to Jim Parker, John Martin, and Charlie Parsons, thank you from the bottom of my heart, uh, not just coming on the podcast today, but for representing uh, what Real Hondo Prep stands for all these years. And in your various lines of work, uh, 50 years, man, is a long time. I mean, when, when, when you're a 17 year old, 18 year old kid, you know, playing football, you're just kind of like, uh, uh, all that stuff later, it's life and death right now. Right. But, uh, those guys, I just, they, they really summed up, uh, the lessons and the, the journey that was real Hondo football and, and kind of the lasting legacy, if you will. So with parents or whoever is like looking at the foot football program as an option, I think that, it's again the lasting legacy, the character that is built in in, uh, in people. I know I've I've been affected by it big time. It's uh, it it's been great for my growth over the years, and having gone through the program. And it's funny how some things never change. The consistency of the real Hondo Prep football program, a charge to keep, indeed, is the best way to uh, sum things up and to just carry it with us. Because no matter if you're a recent graduate or you've been out of high school fifty years. You know that alma mater, those words still ring true. A charge to keep I have, uh, definite uh, no-brainer as far as the title of this podcast. And we try to play it after most of them because I think the words ring true. And there's a reason Real Hondo sings that after every single game, win or lose. So the season is right upon us. We are right around the corner. 19, excuse me, 2023 kicks off down in San Diego at Francis Parker, August 19th, week zero. And we hope to see our alumni out there, whether it's uh, Jim Parker down from Reno or people here in Southern California making the trip uh, to the game. And if you can't make that one, there's plenty of home games, I think six total this year. So a lot of opportunities there. I think it would be great if we could do something for the 1973 team, maybe a halftime or pregame ceremony of some kind. Um, I am a little busy with all this, so I can't throw it together, but maybe somebody will, and we can uh, get everyone out there and gather them up and say, Hey, 50 years, man, 50 year anniversary of Rio Hondo's first CIF football championship in 1973, a special group. Indeed, many have followed and, um, 
yeah, the program has just been very, very consistent and appreciate talking to all these guys going down memory lane and hearing some uh, fun stories and just the the leadership and the coaches. Uh, it never gets old here on the charge to keep podcast. I love it. I love doing this and uh, I just can't wait for football season. Let's kick this thing off. No more talking, no more waiting. Let's go more football, more lessons, more everything out there in uh, the crazy, crazy fall that is upcoming. If you're new to the podcast, guys, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Charge to keep is our official hashtag. Uh, no A in there, just charge to keep. And then our email address, charge to keep pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So shoot us a, a message on either social media, send me an email, thoughts, maybe guest suggestions, whatever. Love hearing from you guys out there. And of course, you can watch the podcast on YouTube as well as rumble.com. It's just a couple options there. And if you want to do audio only while you're in the car or something, you can find a charge to keep pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, um, Amazon music, even a lot of options out there. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe. Let's grow this podcast. We got some good followers now and some good listeners now, but I think we can increase that and make this the best high school football podcast in America. That's my goal. I don't know what you guys think if, if that's possible or attainable, but I can't control much of what goes on on the field. That's the coaches. That's the players. All I can do is report it and get it out there to the alumni and, uh, you know, keep keep the enthusiasm going here on the Charge to Keep podcast. Thanks again, guys. Summer is almost over. It's almost over, which is kind of bittersweet, but football is right around the corner. High school football, football specifically, and uh, 2023, a great year indeed. And 50 years, uh, 50 years from Rio's first CIF championship. Wouldn't it be? Kind of cool, kind of fitting if maybe, I don't know, I don't want to speak too soon, but wouldn't it be nice to have a championship 50 years from the first one? I think that would be kind of a cool storybook ending. I, I, I don't know. We'll throw it out there. It's time for a deep playoff run. I know that here uh, in Rio Hondo football land, but all you can do is uh, roll the ball out there and see what happens. May the best man or the best team win. Let's get it going. Thank you, John Martin, Jim Parker, and Charlie Parsons for taking us down memory lane and representing the 1973 team, the 50th, the first championship team in real Honda history, 50 years ago. That's it for me, guys. I will leave you as always with a kind reminder to be humble in victory and gracious in defeat because we always have a charge to keep. A charge to keep I have A God to glorify A never-dying soul to save And fit it for the sky Arm me with jealous care As in thy sight to live and, O oh, thy servant, Lord, prepare a strict account to give.